I want to make something very clear. Okay. I think Zach Galifianakis is incredible. He's a very, very funny man. Okay. Man, fuck that movie. What a shit fucking script and a terrible, terrible, terrible job. Oh, it was so fucking bad. It burns my eyes and ears. This is a drastic change from the last episode. The first episode. one was so good, and then this one was so bad. It's like all the things that made the first one good, they just took it and dipped it in a little bit of shit. And they were like, look, it's the same. It's the same. It's not the same. It's very different. It's not good. It's not fun. We don't like it. And by we, I mean me. I don't know how you felt about it. I really didn't like this movie. I mean, I think the first one was better, but just so we're all caught up, we watched The Hangover Part 2, because that's the actual title of the movie is The Hangover Part 2. Part 2. Which is going to get really confusing, kind of like when we did Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yes. Um, When we talk about titles and stuff. Uh, so yeah, we watched the death. Nope, the <laughs> we watched the hangover. We watched part the deathly two. hollows today. Um, I'm America. I'm James. Yeah, we watch movies and then sometimes complain about them. On Almost the always. Almost always. There's complaining. Even we- if it's a movie we like, we complain. Yeah, we're just angsty people. That's true. You are so loud compared to me. That's because I'm projecting. I'm also projecting, but you're also sitting in front of the mic that I can't reach. That's a little bit better. Probably. I'm, I'm not going to say it's a lot better, but it's a little bit better. The first part of this podcast is going to be really loud, and we apologize. Alrighty. I, th- I was so excited at the start, because they, they hit you with the opening credits, you know, which is a rarity in a modern movie, but they hit you with the opening credits, and it was like all this gorgeous water shots, like... You know, a drastic tone shift from all the shots of Vegas where it's nightlife and shit. And then this movie, it's all just like shots of crystal waters and beautiful landscapes and shit in Thailand. Thailand is beautiful. And then they ruined it by putting all the characters there <laughs> and having a story. Um, so I kind of wrote... My first note was that the second movie starts the exact same it is a as the first mirror. one. <laughs> it is a mirror of the first movie. Um, Only less good. It's less good because it's just the same thing. Yeah, because it's like we've already done this before, so it's not... I think they maybe tried to write it as like a cheeky callback, like, haha, look, it's the same thing, haha, funny but different. And, yeah. and it wasn't, though. It was more like, oh, well... I don't have to pay attention for six more minutes. Kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Um, James turned to me right as it started and asked me a question. And I was like, I have seen both these movies. I don't think I ever saw part three. But I've seen the first two. And I remember so little about most of these movies. <laughs> Like I, I think I think I said this in the last one too. I'm just I was just too young. I didn't care about it. I was like, I don't understand what being drunk is like. And uh, now you've been blackout before, and you're like, I know exactly what's going on here. I've been there. Yeah, it's blurry. What? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, the, and I especially don't remember this one. I remember a lot from the first one, but this one was really like. It's like you couldn't remember it, even though it happened. Which, you know, would help if it was like like being in a hangover hangover movie. (laughs) You know, man, I had a good idea a second ago, literally while we're recording this. And I think, I think I want to do a, I think I want to do a and d campaign in the style of a hangover movie. That would be fun. Where we'd start three quarters of the way through the story and you guys like have to piece your way through all of the insane shit that you did because I was thinking about the sequence of events in this movie, right? There's a lot of stuff that goes down, but a lot of it's like really random. It doesn't really make any sense. Like starting with my first like real note, which is who the fuck is this new girl for Stu? Because wasn't he into that stripper in, uh, 
Vegas and he was going to go back there and go on a date with her at the end of the first movie. Like, wasn't that going to be his thing that he went and did? Because yeah. he was like, that was like a great turn of a new. Maybe that's why the movie was so bad for me is because it started with that bad taste in my mouth of like, Stu was into Jade and they were going to have a cool time and it was going to be awesome. He was going to go visit her in Vegas and expose his little wild self and have fun. I mean, fun. it has been two years. Yeah, it's been two years, but they don't even mention her at all. They mentioned her one time where they were like, yeah, you married a whore in Vegas. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that's what you're going to talk? That That's the only mention you're going to make of her? The whole ending of the movie last time was about how he wanted to go back there and, like, experience a real-life adult date with her instead of crazy drunken shenanigans. And, and I don't know, it just felt shitty to me. Like, why would... Maybe you couldn't get Jade to come back and do the movie, so you had to change it to Thailand and throw a whole new scene into it. But it just felt so stupid to, like, set yourself up for a cool way to do a sequel and then just not do that. Like, you were just like, you just chose not to do that. And I'm not going to say Todd Phillips is wrong. He made a gajillion dollars, but he's wrong because it's shit. Um, so we open this movie, well, after you do the whole, like, uh, we don't remember anything. We fucked up thing. Yeah, we really spent like 25 minutes of the movie just doing the hangover part one. Um, we go and we get the like whole setup for how we ended up where we were. Um, which is we start with Phil and Stu. Um, and my first note, other than remembering so little and talking about the exact copycat of the first one, is that uh, Phil is not a good person. No. Like no, Phil's an asshole. Not even a little bit. Not even. I think I made three different notes about how Bradley Cooper just keeps being an asshole. Um, this was mainly about the pres- prescription pad stealing because he's in, he's at Stu's office getting a checkup and he, um, does so many things. A lot, a lot happens in the space of one scene, and he, it's all bad. He tries to um tries take to the laughing nitrous. gas. He. Tries to, uh, there's just so many things. The last thing he does, though, steals the prescription pad that he somehow managed to put inside his pants at some point during this appointment. And, um, yeah. And he's getting the appointment for free, dude. Like, fuck off. What a dickhole. Phil is not a good person. No. Um, and so we get, uh, the next scene and it's, uh, Tracy. Tina, Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Tracy. It's Tracy telling Doug that Alan wants to go Alan. away. <laughs> and um, so oh. we break from that scene immediately into Stu's quote unquote bachelor party, which is a brunch at IOP. And uh, Stu, there have been worse bachelor parties, to be clear. Stu says something along the lines of, "No, Alan's crazy. Like I'm not inviting him." And I wrote, "Stu is not wrong about Alan." Stu's mean, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Alan's an insane person who drugged everybody. Yes. Like, no. I I cannot understand. I know Justin Bartha's good at appealing to your emotional side as Doug, but man, I just can't get behind the idea that maybe you shouldn't invite Alan. I mean, it's kind of hard because he is family. Like, he's Yeah, but also fuck that guy, right? Yeah. Like... And also, he's the reason that you did that whole fucking stint in Vegas. And he's the reason that Doug ended up on the fucking rooftop for 48 hours in Vegas. Like, D- Doug shouldn't be sympathetic to Alan at all. Tracy's the real loser here for suggesting that they even do it. Yeah. Tracy's the villain. Um. Yeah. Wow. He's just, man... Alan's just not a good person, and he probably needs some kind of institutional therapy. Well, careful, because that's the plot of the third one. No. Yeah. I did a, I did a, I did a oopsie, and I snuck a peek at the plot of the third movie, and they have to take Alan to a psychiatric place in Arizona. So you know who they get to do that? The guys who always end up missing when they hang out with Alan. Brilliant. Sounds like a great plan. I also, uh, in that same scene, like, it is very clear that Stu has some trauma from Vegas, and I do not blame him in the slightest. Not even a little. But, um, Stu needs therapy. Also, yes. 
Stu, Stu also needs therapy to cope with some of the shit that happened because he's clearly, clearly not over it. It's kind of funny. I don't I don't want to jump to the end of the movie, but I kind of I kind of am going to for a second. At the end of the movie, Stu makes this big speech about how he's not this just this boring dentist who has boring friends and does boring things. And that's not true. He is a boring dentist who has boring friends that do boring things. Because Except for Phil. Yeah, but he doesn't hang out with Phil. They don't do crazy shit. Like, the only time that he's ever done insane things is in Vegas, and then at the end of the movie, the past 48 hours. Twice in his life, he's done crazy things. And the linchpin to it all is Alan. Yeah. Alan's a bad man. Not great. He's a bad person. You shouldn't hang He's out with him. He's a bad person and a criminal. Like, let's be real. Even if he needs institutional and psychiatric assistance and help, he's still a bad guy. He doesn't make it better. It's not an excuse. What's the what's the phrase? Mental illness is not an excuse to be an asshole. That's that's not a phrase, but we can. I've I've, I've heard that somewhere before. I I think there is a phrase involving. Something, along, Something those lines. along those lines, but that is not it. Oh, uh, well, it's not an excuse to be an asshole. Um, Especially I, not in my funny haha comedy movie. I wrote Phil as an ass. Yep. But I don't quite remember why, but I'm just going to say that. I also wrote it's... Bradley Cooper remains an asshole, but I think it was because uh, of how he behaved at brunch. Yeah, probably. And then the sequence at Alan's house... Whoa! What was that? I I'm so heated over the shit heel turn for Alan, because in the first movie, Alan's not an asshole. Alan's just dumb. And in this movie, Alan is exclusively an asshole and not dumb. And that's bad. That is such bad writing for the character and bad direction for the character. It's kind of, it's kind of a shock that Todd Phillips remained the director between the two because the transition for Alan from one movie to the next is so shocking. Are you looking at penises in the wave format? No. Oh. What I'm looking at is that your volume is perfectly fine and matches my volume all of the time until you say an ah sound. Ah. And then it just spikes so hard. The wave format's weird. It's not weird. You just only project your ah sounds. You'll be talking at a normal volume and then, then you, you go, say, Alan. Alan. And I'm like, why are we yelling? <laughs> Back. And I'm like, ah. Hey, it does it for you, too. Shut up. No, it's because I'm doing it right now. But if I'm talking normal, I don't just say, like, Alan. I, like, put, I don't put extra emphasis on the Alan. It still spikes even if you, t anyways, we're off, tr we're off the fucking race. What happened? Um, we're at Alan's house. We're at Alan's house. And he's just, he's being an asshole to his mom and his dad and his friends. And then he does all of his drugs with a needle in his leg. And he's just being a dick the whole time. I wrote Alan gives stay at home kids, like. Those kids that have, like, uh, those young adults who have to stay at home because, like, money and, like, the economy sucks and, like, we really got fucked over, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Alan gives, like, stay at kids, stay at home kids a bad name. Like, we're not, it's not like that. We're not all like that. Like, that's not what it is. No, we're not all entitled assholes. Sometimes we're just there because we can't afford anything. Although... He could, he, honestly, they could afford to just get him an apartment. His dad's rich beyond imagination, apparently. I don't think they can trust him to live alone. Well, he'd probably die and... He's an insane person! Would that be the worst thing? Um... Alan makes a comment in this whole sequence that, uh... Is Phil going to the wedding? And he said... Yes. Yeah, it, Phil says yes, and then Alan goes... I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it basically implied that if Phil wasn't going to go, then it wasn't going to be fun. Like, he's like, oh, oh good, yeah. it'll be fun then. Yeah. And then Alan is... So Alan really only likes Phil. Like, I don't think he wants to hang out with Stu and Doug. Like, I think he just wants to hang out with Phil. 
To be fair, though, Phil is the only person that really truly tolerates Alan in most regards. I don't understand why. I can't, I can't fathom it. I just can't. I... I don't... I don't understand. You don't understand Any Alan or Phil Any or anything? Any, it's just so bad. It's, I feel like they wanted to make a movie where it picked up right where the last one left off. And it would be fun, and there'd be some throwback jokes, and it would be great. And instead, it's just bad, front to back. It Every character is a fucking asshole. The, no, there's no haha lighthearted buddy moments. Everyone's just so mean to everyone else for the first 30 minutes of the movie. And they just roll themselves in stereotypes. And just poking at stereotypes. And just being just overall terrible to everyone that they encounter. And across the board. It's like every character became Chow. And that was it. That's the movie. Every character is just Ken Jong's character. And it's fucking awful. Um... Literally every note I have is just how bad it is. They agree to take Alan to the wedding. They go to the airport because it just hard cuts to that. Um, and they're going, like, getting ready to go to Thailand. And, and they pick up Teddy. And they pick up Teddy, who is Lauren, Stu's fiance's younger brother, who is 16 pre-med at Stanford. Um, Harvard? No, Stanford. it's Stanford. Stanford. It's, it's, it's Stanford. Uh... And I get my first, you couldn't make this movie in 2022 note, because Alan sits there and basically says um, something about someone being a gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. That was so bad. It was. I'm not laughing because the joke is funny. I'm laughing because it's bad. Like, it's he's just... a gay, right? Like. Oh my god. Eh. You can't You can't say those can't things. Can't do that now. Um And then in the same breath, Alan is still using a pager. And that's just not okay. It's 2011. Stop. I iPhones exist, bro. Like I had like my first Did iPhones exist? They did. Like that's when they started existing and I had like my first whole like Sliding keyboard phone and stuff in 2011. And I was about one year away from getting my iPhone. So it's like, eh. Hell, they were out in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They weren't super, like... They were the shitty ones, but... And they were, like, like only, like, really bougie-ass rich people had those. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was my note about that. Because he's like, you, you guys could have paged me that Teddy was coming. And I was like, you're still using a pager? How does it still work? Technology doesn't last that. Like, the Also, why the fuck do you care? It's not intimated at all that there is going to be a bachelor party. Or anything else. I think he just wanted it to be the wolf pack. At one guy's wedding? Once again, Alan... Fucking asshole. The whole movie. The whole movie. Just unrelentingly bad. In the first movie, there was all these moments where it was like, oh, he's just dumb sometimes. And or now, weird. Or, or weird. kooky. Yeah. Like, like th it, there's excuses in the first movie for his behavior where he's just making a mistake and not being a dick actively. He's just being a fucking asshole the whole time in this movie. It is non-stop. He is cruel to everyone he encounters. And it doesn't make any sense. There's not an explanation as to why things got to this point. There's not really an event that anyone talks about. We're like, yeah, man, you guys went to Vegas and then Alan got fucking weird. They're just like, yeah, he got sad. Alan got sad. I mean, the dad does make a comment to the fact of, like, he doesn't think that Alan ever really left Vegas. But that shouldn't make him this colossal monster. That's like PTSD. Anyways. 
Um, I wrote Thailand is very pretty because we get the flight and we like fly in there and we see the resort. We see everything. It's, it's just really pretty there. And then uh, my next note immediately after that is, dude, Alan, chill. Oh. Dude, period, Alan, period, chill. Like, he is so aggro towards Teddy because he doesn't want Teddy to fucking be there. Like, we get it. You don't like him. But, like, literally, I think it was when they got to the resort and he, like, took off his glasses and was just, like, death-staring Teddy. Like, he was going to slice his neck open at the first opportunity. Teddy is a child. And I was like, dude, fucking calm down. Teddy is ten years younger than I am. Like, I'm a bitter, petty bitch sometimes, and I get super jealous, but fuck. Dude, like, take a chill pill or at least be subtle. Ugh. Um. And then we meet Lauren's dad. And he's also an asshole. Jim is right. This movie's just full of everybody it, being an asshole. Everyone's just mean. Like, I, I don't know what fucking dark place Todd Phillips was in when he wrote this movie, but for the first 30 minutes until you get to the start of the hangover portion of the hangover, everyone's just mean. Every character is unnecessarily cruel to every other character they encounter. And it's wild. It just doesn't stop. I, 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 I'm, we watched the movie over an hour ago, and I'm still just, I can't get over how off. It's like, you remember in the first movie, Stu's girlfriend that he lived with? Yes. It's like every character is her. Yes. I, I take it back. It's not Chow. Every character is her. Where every second she's on screen, it's like nails on a chalkboard and you don't want to be there. That's all of the characters in the movie for the first 30 minutes. Like, it's just an unbearable misery of a half hour. You never get that time back. Never. Um, Lauren's dad makes a comment about Stu not being a real doctor because he's a dentist. And my note was, Phil and Lauren's dad would get along great, because he also doesn't think that Stu is a real doctor because he's a dentist. So, yeah. Wild. Um, and I then immediately after that, I wrote, why is everyone in this movie literally the worst person ever? I wrote, everyone is so fucking mean, I don't get it. I just, I don't understand. I, I wish I could. I um. wish there was an explanation. So we go to the, re- uh, it's not the rehearsal dinner. Like the, yeah, it is. It is the rehearsal it, it, dinner? It, 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 yeah, it functions as that. I guess. Because it's, it's the dinner before the day before the wedding. Um, And the dad makes a speech, which is why I think I wrote that comment of... Uh, and he's an asshole the whole time. Yes. Um, and Alan... Interrupts Teddy. Interrupts Teddy's speech. It's a... Do another speech. To do an infomercial for Thailand. She's like, what, five cards of fun facts about Thailand? That ends in him going, so I I know Stu better than anyone. I know Stu better than anyone. So many things happen that I can't tell you about, but I'm immediately about to tell you about them. Like this one time they married a whore in Vegas. Like literally he goes, I can't tell you anything. And then immediately goes, so yeah, in Vegas. <laughs> and I'm just like... Uh, there's there's no explanation at any point in time there's no explanation as to why anything happens the way it does in this movie it it's so bad at least in the first movie they did set up and shit maybe we need to watch the third one just so we can sit there and actually figure out what's going on with alan because maybe that'll tie some loose threads together of why he is the way he is but i don't fucking know they're going to say he has autism. That, that wouldn't send you to an institution. No, it wouldn't, but that's something that I believe that these particular group of writers would absolutely say. Oh, like as a joke? No, like, they're not going to, like, the people who wrote it aren't doing research, clearly, so they would just say, and then just word vomit, and that would be the result. That's what I'm saying. Um, I get my... Second, you couldn't make this movie in 2022, uh, at the bonfire, where Phil immediately comments on Lauren 
And the fact <laughs> that she has nice breasts for an Asian girl. While Teddy is there and Stu is there. Not only is it a, you can't say that nowadays, but it's also a, like, why would you say that ever anyways? I mean, Phil your, says, Phil says shit like, there. Phil says shit like that all the time. My actual note is racist breast, which I just <laughs> think is funny. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Um, hey, you're funnier than the writers. Thanks. Uh, so we... Um, we're at the bonfire and they're all like, we're just going to have one beer because Stu's super has PTSD about drinking ever since Vegas, which fair. Understandable. James has PTSD about drinking. Since my birthday. So it's like a thing. It's like a thing that happens when you get so out of control of your life that you literally can't like. I simply do not drink very much ever anymore. Um, I have a ton of alcohol that I just don't drink. (laughs) And Uh. we go immediately from like. This really, like, peaceful song by the fire. And then we wake up in hell. Well, I would... There's this music change that's, like, goes from, like... Isn't it into a Kanye and Nicki yeah, Minaj Kanye song? Yeah, Kanye and Nicki Minaj song. And I wrote, wrote... All I wrote was, holy drastic tone shift, Batman. Because, like, we literally were like, oh, yes, bonfire, happy, happy times. And then it's, like, cursing and rap and Nicki Minaj. And it was just all a lot all at once. And... and- I, you know, they really did a phenomenal job in the first one of showing just the absolute decadence of partying in Vegas when they did those sweeping shots of the suite and there was just bottles and there was trash and there was crazy shit like flamingos and lawn decorations and, and inflatable things. on things. fire and, like, and stacks of things. So cool and fun to look at. Like it was an interesting thing to look at. And now we see a dingy, fucked up Bangkok hotel room. If that's even what it is. Where everything is the same shade of yellow. And the boys are here. They're all there. Except Doug. Except Doug. And also except Teddy. And, you know, we start with Bradley Cooper waking up. And there's, like, way less bottles also, by the way. Like... Well, they weren't Way drinking in the hotel room. They were doing coke in the hotel room. That's true. So Bradley wakes up, Phil wakes up, and it, fucking uh, Alan falls out of the bed, and they're all just like... I, I wrote, because I'm like, we know that Phil is a drinker and like does this sort of thing. So I wrote, I wonder how many times Phil... like. How many times a year does Phil just wake up, like, hungover, like, what the fuck just happened? Or is it just these times? Does he just put on this persona and then he actually gets only fucked up when he's with his friends? I don't know. I think it's just these times. But that's just me. Um, Man, they fucking... They go into the bathroom and find Stu in the bathtub with no pants on and a horrifyingly infected face tattoo. Uh, the infamous one, you all know, looks like Mike Tyson's. Um, Doesn't look like, is. Pretty much is, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's just, ba- it's like, there's nothing of note that happens until the monkey falls out of the ceiling in the bathroom. I mean, I wrote, why do the physical things always happen to Stu? Like, he's the one that lost a tooth. He's the one that wakes up with, like, a tattoo. Like, why is it Stu that always has, like... Alan's head got shaved. True. So that's something. Alright, I take my comment back, but I mean, like, that your hair grows back. Yeah, the permanent shit Stu only had, to Stu, Stu had to, like, replace a whole tooth and get laser surgery on his face. God, like... And then I wrote, there's an animal in the bathroom, because we're just gonna... Because that's a trope now. ...play the same beats as the first movie and pretend like we didn't see it the first time. I'd like to see a new director do a new hangover, but call it The Blackout. And just go with that. And make it similar, but, like, write a good story instead. That'd be fun. 
Also, ooh, that brings up a point that I didn't think about, but I think I thought about during the first movie, is this isn't what, like, having, like, a hangover is like. Like, none of yeah, these people no. wake up throwing up or, like, They don't headaches take or... four aspirin and lay around in darkness all day. Like, that that's what a hangover is. You're right. It should be called the blackout. It should be called the blackout. It's about being blackout drunk. It's not about being hungover. Also, I've never had a good time when I was blacked out. So, I don't know what kind of fucking party they were having. When I black out, I stop breathing. Like, it just, it's it's all or literally nothing for me. I've had fun blackout times. Lucky you. Lucky you. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking, this movie sucks. Uh, I will say, though, that I think a monkey is better than a tiger to wake up to. I think if you wake up to a monkey, that's better than waking up to a tiger. I mean, the monkey can't eat you. Also, once again, why is Ken Jong naked again? Do you think his dick is actually that small? I don't know. I need to know. You could ask him. Get on Twitter. <laughs> Ken, I've just watched The Hangover 2 for the first time. Second time, but... Is this... For like, is this for real? Does is that what like is that what you're rocking with? Because that's cool, but like, is that really what you're rocking with? And you were just down to do the whole scene just with your dick out? Is that I'm cool? But all right, sure. It can't be right. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like it can't be. I haven't. I have intentionally not looked at the IMDb trivia yet, so that we could record the podcast. And then as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to read the trivia. And maybe in there it'll say, but at the, the the movie feels like an excuse to have nudity in it sometimes. Like it's an excuse to let Bradley Cooper be in the same room as boobs. It just doesn't seem physically possible. I don't know. You remember your ex. And with that, we're going to slide right along to... Are we going to ignore the fact that Alan says he's gotten rid of a body before? Yes, we are fully ignoring that. Because I would like to bring attention to the fact that Alan says that he's done this before. Yes. As far as putting a body in a freezer. Yes. We're going to ignore that. Okay. We're, we're just going to ignore that. I will say they did do a really smart thing and uh, tried not to repeat their mistakes from last time and went and checked the roof first. There's at least a, sh a shred of character growth there. They at least learn. They they yeah. learn slow. It's very slow. But they learn. They do. Um, And while we're up in the sun on the roof when they go check it to see where Teddy is, because, oh, by the way, Teddy's missing. Oops. Um, oh, and he's missing a finger. And he's missing a finger, because we found the finger, but we don't find Teddy. Right. Um, In the bright light of day, not in the dingy hotel, apartment, place, we see that Stu's tattoo is 100% inflamed and inf infected. I don't know if you've ever gotten tattoos before. We have. There's a lot of them. We have a lot of them. Um, Even if you get a tattoo on your face... It shouldn't be that red. That's bad. And we also watch him wash it away with Bangkok sink water. That's bad. It's bad for business. Sink water is no go in any country that isn't Colorado, where the sink water is from the sky. So that, yeah, man, oh, it's so infected. It's so bad. We then uh, go through the routine of checking our pockets for clues, checking our phones. Um, and I get my next couldn't make this film today because we get an N-word with a hard R. By a white guy. That was sent to him by an Asian man. So. Couldn't make this movie today. You could make a movie of the same premise, but you couldn't write the same jokes. You'd have to write good jokes. It couldn't just be the same 
half-assed humor that we played back in 2009 and 2011. Do you think Seth MacFarlane was on the writing team? This no, is, because even Sausage Party had better comedy than this movie. Did it? Did it really? And did he write Sausage Party? No, that was the other guy. What's his name? Yeah, that guy. Isn't his name <laughs> Seth? Isn't his name Seth? Seth too? Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen wrote Sasha's Party. Also, Seth MacFarlane is Family Guy. I'm with you now. Yeah. Do you think Seth MacFarlane wrote it? No, because Family Guy and American Dad are funnier than this movie. Damn. Damn. And I hate... Dude. I don't like Seth MacFarlane, and I don't find him funny. King of the Hill is funnier than this movie. King of the Hill is way funnier than this movie, and I don't like King of the Hill either. But I found myself laughing more times at that than I did in this movie. The first one was so good. The first one was really good. Don't get me wrong, but this next one was just like... I, my next note is how many beats are we going to match from the first movie? Cause all, it was, all of them. I was just like, this is... All of them. We had the opportunity to make a really different story. And instead we just went with a formula. And it was just, it was just formulaic. Gonna, instead we're just going to watch this first movie, but in Bangkok. It's the first movie, but tropical. Um, That's different enough, right? I do have a good note. Oh, um, I would love we, to hear it. We, uh... Doug's in on the plan, like, we're giving him a play-by-play because we've been talking to him. Oh, yeah, Doug's missing but not missing because he's at the resort where he's supposed to be Um, because he left early. And Doug calls them, and he's like, I found Teddy. He's at the police station. They're willing to give him to you. No questions asked. Um, You just got to go get him. So they go, and they get Teddy, but... Teddy is a thousand-year-old monk. And this is why I wrote these. that note is how many no- beats are we going to match from the first movie because we get there to find the person that we know is missing... And it's not the person. It's some other person that's been mistaken for this person. Incredible. So it's a monk who's wearing Teddy's sweatshirt because it has all of Teddy's identification in it. And has made a vow of silence. And cannot talk. Um, so Stu tries to play charades with the monk to get him to talk. And um, I will say this. I don't know the actor's name. That plays Stu, but uh, Ed Helms. Yeah, his physical comedy is very funny. He's a very funny man. Ed like, Helms is very funny. Like, and so is Bradley Cooper. But we fucking wasted their talents on this. Watching Stu play charades is very funny. It's a very funny part in this movie. Two words. Um. They go to the tattoo parlor. Well, they go to the bar. That's right. First. They go to the White Lion Bar. Because they find a card in Teddy's, Teddy's stuff. stuff that says White Lion. So they go find the White Lion, and they burned down, like, a whole city block in Thailand. And, or in Bangkok. And everyone's mad at them, and they don't know why. Because they burned down a whole city block. Couldn't have been us. Um, and then, yeah, we go into the tattoo parlor that's right next to the bar that didn't get burnt down. Because reasons the movie has to happen. Um, and there's an American tattoo artist. Tattooing a nine-year-old. In in Bangkok. I, I mean, I can see there being American tattoo artists in Bangkok. What I can't see is them tattooing a nine-year-old. The holy convenience of I, this plot, Batman. I think it's supposed to be joke- but I don't get it. Is it to make the place seem more third world? Because it isn't. And it doesn't play right. And the tattoo artist uh, sees a tattoo on the monk and tells them where the monk is from. So they take the monk back to his place. Oh, but before that, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. He shows them a video of Teddy last night throwing shit at Bangkok PD. Throwing a Molotov cocktail. Which is what started the fire. And then giving all his stuff to the old man. Um, and this, this video is so crystal clear. It would look better than the iPhones that we have today. Like, it looked phenomenal on, like, this little... Like little slidey An phone. old shitty slidey clipboard or keyboard phone. OG flip phone bullshit. 
Yeah, that that phone would not have that good of video. I don't know if you, if anyone listening, younger than like, younger than twenty five, twenty five remembers what looking at photos and videos on your cell phone, not your smartphone, your actual cell phone was like. It was shitty. Everything is one hundred and eighty p and grainy at all times. And most time you couldn't make out people's faces. You. you Pick them off by their character traits. I've posted photos to, like, Facebook back in, like, 2009 that were taken with, like, one of those phones. They're just bad. They're not good. Um. And then we're on the way to uh, the, the, monastery. the monastery. And we're on this bus. And Alan makes the, puts a water bottle under the monk's robes. The ropes. Yeah, something like that. Um, and makes it look like the monk has a boner, and then the monkey starts to bite the monk's water bottle boner. And, and everybody laughs. And everybody laughs. And all I could write was, guys are stupid from every country and every generation. I don't understand. I've, I've talked to James about this in depth before, and I think I've mentioned it on stream. I do not understand men's obsession with penises. It starts so young. I work with kids. I know. It starts so young. And it just never stops. And I, I, I don't understand it. You don't see us going around like drawing boobs or vaginas on things. Or constantly touching them. Well, or like, well you should. <laughs> or any you know of that. You don't Stop see us, making us the weird ones. You guys get weird. You don't see us like making like... Helicopter boobs, go. Like, it's not like a thing that happens. And well, I why, just... why not? It should be. Because it's weird. Well, everyone should be more weird. I I don't get it. It's all right. I don't either. Like, what is in your guys' monkey brains? That, uh, nothing. That makes you go, <laughs> penis. Like, all the time. Absolutely nothing. I can ask some, uh, I can ask some guys. I know some. I'm just gonna. Would you like me to ask them? No, because I've asked them before. I've asked you. I've asked so many guys. I'm like, what is it? And they're like, it's funny. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, because because penises. I'm like, that's not an answer. I mean, they are funny looking. <laughs> but they're not inherently funny. Like, I'm not like, n- like I said, no. Well, that's just a question of is something taboo funny? Well, th- th- then periods should be just as funny. No, because there's a difference between taboo for being private and taboo for being gross. And from a young age, you're taught that that is gross. But boobies are funny. Especially when and you call dicks them boobies, are James. also funny. But boobs aren't funny. Neither are dicks. No, because even like in the movies, like boobs aren't funny. They're sexualized. You know what it is? Well, yeah, it's because you guys aren't sexualized. That's what it is. We don't sexualize your parts of your body. This has all been sexualized, so it can't go in the funny category because it's too much in the, like, oh, this is just a, like, women are just objects category. So you couldn't get, you couldn't do that. So you just had to go, well, we penises, right? Like, that's what it is. It's not because we don't sit there and we go, we don't, like, hyper-sexualize male physique enough. So, like, it, it has to be... <laughs> Comedic. We don't do it enough. <laughs> In the same movie, they call Alan Fatty. I have a note for body shaming as like two notes from now about why we couldn't make this movie net from now <laughs> because of body shaming again. Um. So there you go. I'm going to say that's my reason. But if you would like to chime in on this conversation about mm. why penises are funny, but they're not. <laughs> But apparently they're hilarious because you guys draw them everywhere and you touch them constantly. So I'm, re- I just... I'm really getting lumped into a group of people who are delinquent. Could you stop that? No, because you make dicks in Power Wash Simulator. Oh, fuck. It's because it's funny. <laughs> so no, I'm not lumping you in. You lumped yourself in. You're the lumper. Anyways. They would not be allowed to go into the monastery. Because <laughs> they're not monks. And that's sacred ground. And you can't do that. 
That's part of why they get hit with a stick. They get hit with a stick because they wouldn't shut the fuck up. That's also why they get hit with a stick. Um, and then, I, like I said, I, you can't make this movie today because one of the monks calls Alan, like, fatty. Um, I think you have to make an exception if a monk calls you a fatty. I don't think you do. I think you do. They they live in isolation. They don't know what they don't know that that's not okay. They they live in they live in isolation. Um They don't have social media. Another bright spot of humor. They kidnapped the monk. Movie. Is that what your note is? You That's that's my next note. Oh. All my notes are just complaining about how shitty the movie is. Uh is that the monkey is meditating and that was funny. Like the, the monkey's doing a better job meditating than all oh. three of the he's like Yeah, that's right. He was. He's like head bowed, like full like Yep. And then that was just funny. Um and then we get a peek into the hellscape that is Alan's brain. And that peak explains almost nothing. So much? Almost nothing. Somewhere in the middle of those two, because that is a he. Everyone's a child, but Teddy. Everyone's a child in his brain, which is there is something. Something, something's there. I don't know what. But something's something. weird about that, and I'd like a psychologist to weigh in because I don't have a psych degree, but that's not good. I don't view people in my brain as children. Maybe. No, but you also don't roofie your friends. See, I don't do a lot of things that Alan would do, so. <laughs> I would like to understand um, what kind of psychological issue that is. I need to watch the third one just to know what the fuck is wrong with Alan. God damn it, we gotta put it in the vote. Um, and I'll then subject myself to it. We find out where to go from Alan's weird brain trip. A strip uh, club. Which is a strip club. It, uh, it was only a matter of time before the Hangover movie ended up back in a strip club. And the owner there... Uh, What's is looking name? for Chow. Is San San Greek San San I don't know. Sanjay. He's like a Hispanic guy. It's San something. I just don't know what the end of it. San Ri, San Gri, San Gria, San J. No, it's not San. It is. No, I'm gonna look. Starts with an S at the very least. I'm gonna go look. No, you're gonna go to an ad. Oops. Keep going while I look. Well, um, so Sangri, Sanjay, Sanri gives him Sharon something. Gives him, uh, them a gun and said, where's Chow? He needs to pay for this. Samir. Samir. I was close. Um, it's that guy. He's a comedian. I see him all the time. Huh. Uh, he has a gun. And Alan picks up the gun because Alan. Because Alan. And the safety's not on the gun, because reasons. So the gun just shoots up the entire glass ceiling of this fucking strip joint. Everyone panics. It's a disaster. It's, uh, it's a fucking Uzi. That's all I got for that. And then uh, Stu has a thing for strippers. Regardless of variation. Yeah, regardless of... Are you of, a stripper? Still fuck you. Regardless of sexual orientation, strippers are Stu's thing. That's all we're going to say about that. Yeah, pretty much. That is all we're going to touch from that scene. Oh, no, I have something else to touch. In in a very, very large, you couldn't make this movie today. There are too many penises. Too many penises in the movie. There's too many. I don't like it. There's too many penises. Couldn't make this movie today. Moving on. Um, I wrote, I wrote that. that to myself. I wrote this whole scene is why you can't make this movie. Um, and then they shot film. Well, wait. Okay. Phil makes a note about how like you can't cheat. Like that's breaking my moral code. And I just sat there and I was like a moral code that you've broken at least twice now, Phil. Or Stu. Stu's like, I can't break it because I can't cheat because it's against the moral code. Blah, blah, blah. Because Phil's like, you're not married yet. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And Stu's like, but my moral code. I'm like that you've broken. Your moral code that's twice. in shambles already, dog. You got married while you lived with another woman. To a hooker. And then you you had sex with another stripper two days before your wedding. So, um, 
I don't think that moral code can apply anymore, sir. And oh. then I have a really stupid question. So okay, what's still. your question? Um, how many like nationalities actually exist in Bangkok? Because at this point, we've had Italian, Russian, multiple different nationalities of um, Asian descent, Americans, and I'm just confused. There's just Russians uh, there. There's a gr- apparently there's a great deal of diversity in Bangkok. Okay, cool. I just wanted to know because I didn't know because I'm a stupid American and they don't tell us anything. Um. So yeah, then they shot Phil. Yeah, there's yeah. The Russians, the Russians shot, shot, Phil shot Phil to get back there. Well, because the, okay, so they weren't going to shoot Phil, and then he ran after them yelling questions, and then they shot Phil. Because they wanted their drug dealing monkey back. Don't ask Russians uh, questions. Yeah, clearly. And uh, Stu is just Stu becomes the most unhinged we've ever seen him. But his physical comedy is chef's fucking kiss. chef's. When it's he, like, such a goddamn performance. When he's like, "Stu, you're a doctor. Come check it out," and then he like leaps back and like does this weird jumpy thing. Just great, incredible it performance from Ed Helms. Fantastic. Just so good. It's probably the best the movie part of the movie. Was, <laughs> if only the movie was as good as Ed Helms is. Um, and I think we should leave it off at the hospital. You think? Yeah, because that's about halfway through my notes. Right. Over halfway through my cool. notes. We can do that. Um, and all I'm going to say is they take Phil to like this hospital, Bangkok, and he gets 18 stitches because the eight, bullet... Eight stitches. Eight stitches? Yeah. Because the bullet grazed his arm. It didn't go in his arm. And it cost him $6. And with that... Where's my health care? Bangkok <laughs> has better health care plans than America. Woo! Maybe not the best health care, but better health care plans. Certainly. And that's where we will end episode Fucking one. Fucking see you next week for episode two.